Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan, and I'm joined with Doc Hurt. Hello, everybody. Long time. How you doing? I'm good. I'm in movie watching mode this April. So. Word. It's summer. It's a lot. Summer movie season has started. Yeah. You have your own podcast now, right? Yeah. What's it called? I Two Brothers and a Korean Chick, which I anticipate may get a little bit of real, but the Korean Chick part. But anyway, it just kind of gelled, the name and the podcast. So it's about Korean popular culture and stuff. Yeah, you all did a uh, a recent one on K-pop, yeah. I believe. And that one, it's interesting since all the K-pop stuff has gone down these days. Right. But I do think there's a lot to talk about with K-pop. Sure. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Check him out on your own SoundCloud, right? Yeah. SoundCloud and uh, Podbang, actually. Cool. P-O-D-B-B-A-N-G. You can look it up. Cool. All right. Well, for this podcast. Yes. We're going to talk about... Hellboy, the 2019 reboot of the franchise, started by Guillermo del Toro 15 years ago. It's <laughs> a long time ago. Right. It feels a, a lot later, but it's 15 years old now, the first Hellboy movie. I've been a little bit angry because I liked the whole tone. I liked the actors, the whole thing. But with that interpretation of Hellboy... Um, Del Toro, Ron Perlman, who's great. Um, and I was mad that they didn't finish the trilogy yet. I guess it just didn't get really good uh, box office numbers. That era, right? I forgot when Hellboy 2 came out, but Hellboy 1 came out in 2004. And that, that was. It took forever for the second. Well, I definitely remember that era was just full of bad superhero films Catwoman and Electra and. Greenlighting things like, uh, what's the Green Silver Surfer out. one? Uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of yeah. Silver Surfer. Yeah, so. It's a lot of wasted money and time trying to get franchises. Yeah. Okay, so let's get <laughs> back to this movie. Yeah. Um, this movie was directed by Neil Marshall, a director who has been working within the horror genre for a while. Uh, he directed The Ascent. Do you remember that movie? Into the cave? Yeah, the girls going to the cave. That was scary. Yeah, it was a crazy movie. I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, and this was written by Andrew Cosby. Uh, no relation. No relation. <laughs> uh, this is his first time writing for a motion picture. Uh, he usually works within TV, which is apparent, but we'll get into that a little later. So I would imagine fans of the original Hellboy really want to know three questions. How does David Harbour's portrayal of the character Hellboy hold up to Ron Perlman's? How does this movie in general hold up to Guillermo del Toro's vision? And how does this movie stand by itself? Uh, so we're going to dig into those. This is not going to be a spoiler review. I don't really care about the spoilers of this movie. I'll just say it outright. I didn't like this movie. <laughs> and we'll get into the how and why. I mean, I'll say outright. I thought it was all right. You know, I'm not going to defend this movie or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So, number one, David Harbour from Stranger Things plays Hellboy. So, we're going to get into first how he looks. How do you feel about the costume and the makeup? He looked Hellboy, but 
the only thing that I, because this is the problem, I think we're going to talk about in the other questions, is everything is in the shadow of Ron Perlman's Hellboy. So it's always going to be compared. So I felt like Ron Perlman filled out the look, the, the suit, the partial suit, whatever. I don't know the details, but there were parts um, with um, the new Hellboy where I felt like, oh, it's a suit. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't bad. I just noticed it in a couple of places, especially when they fought the trolls. Oh, the, the, the giants. giants. Yeah. Well, I think he definitely looks more jacked. They actually show his, his arms. His arms, mm. I think maybe that's what you're talking about, because his arms are defined. They don't flex, but they're, mm. they're, they show definition. So he looks more jacked, and he definitely shows that he's more jacked with, within the action set pieces than the old movies. He just kind of shows off his strength, but I think... I don't think fans are going to be upset with this, with, yeah. with how he looks. He looks fine. He looks the same, pretty much. I don't know who, I don't really know the deal with uh, Perlman's makeup and costume, sure. but was he in a more full costume? It seemed that way. Mm. I'll say that they used the tail in Hellboy, the original, mm -hmm. more than they did in this movie, like the practical effects of moving the tail around. That's really the only thing I noticed that was different, different. about just how the costume was or how he moved and stuff but i think most importantly how does david arbor's charisma and, and and his and the jokes compare to ron perlman i mean i think this is kind of a biased opinion but kind of unfair of course it, within spies but i felt like i was used to ron perlman i think ron perlman is naturally that guy a little bit more i mean he was ron perlman was hellboy was ron perlman so but i felt like the natural humor of Perlman and his whole demeanor kind of felt more right to me. But of course, you know, it's the Superman, you know, Brandon Ruth problem, right? No matter what the second guy does, you're going to be in the shadow of the successful first guy who set the tone, laid the, the template. So, I mean, if you think about, I talked about this in the Brandon Ruth, uh, metaphor, um, in terms, I liked Brendan Ruth portrayal because he looked, he did, he was very Reavy, and I think yeah. this guy was very Perlman. So I agree. I think he did a good job, and it didn't feel too jarred out of the uh, character. It's hard to succeed someone like that. Like who can follow up RDJ as Iron Man? Yeah. Who can follow up uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Right. But I think yeah. he did a good job. Um, I think he acts a little more broish, especially yeah. with like the jokes. But uh, and maybe that's just his, you know, personality, his take on it. And I feel, I felt, I felt the same thing. And uh, maybe I just felt like, oh, I guess I gotta get used to this new part. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it's a thing that fans are gonna be yeah. upset with. It's just different. Yeah. But not just a little different. Yeah. Let's talk about his connections to his the other characters. So obviously the biggest one is Professor Bloom, his yeah. his father. Ian McShane is like a younger, cooler version of Professor Bloom. Yeah. He has a few scenes with Hellboy, but I think their father-son relationship pales in comparison to John Hurt Completely and Ron Perlman's. Yeah. And I think it's partially, and it's not no, no, nobody's fault, but I think it's just because there were such different movies and projects, whereas the first Hellboy took a lot of time to just establish the world and establish all the characters and their relationships. And uh, this one, I felt like the bigger issue was they basically rolled all three theoretical three Hellboys that would have been um, into one movie. 
and you rush through the whole father-son thing whereas in hellboy they took a lot more time definitely they definitely let their their characters breathe and develop a lot more there's definitely better chemistry and exchanges and just emotional weight yeah i just recently watched the original and when spoiler it's been 15 years but spoiler yeah. when professor bloom dies yeah in the second one in the first one on the first one yeah you're right <laughs> yeah right. you really feel the the pain watching him watch liz on the date or not the date but hanging out with that guy and just feeling his his kind of jealousy it was cute like you really got a sense of emotion at who this character was it was, yeah. really, it was much better yeah. uh there are some other new characters so we all saw in the trailer there's black woman uh alice played by sasha lane and daimyo played by daniel day kim hellboy's relationship with alice gets more screen time than him and daimyo but even i think that relationship with alice is pretty shallow it it definitely doesn't get the time or the weight that Ron Perlman had with Liz. And yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a romance story. It was, it's, it's a friendship. She was saved by Hellboy as a baby, and then he never returned, and now she's all grown up, and now she's on the team. It was kind of weirdly just out there, and it, wasn't, uh, it was kind of unclear, because I felt like it worked better in the first Hellboy when it's like, here's this kind of like pining love relationship, and he does this kind of sacrifice thing that doesn't make sense logically, but he likes, he loves her so much that he is willing to sacrifice himself even at you know at the expense of you know maybe getting sucked into fulfilling his destiny with his you know destruction of humanity thing but that's the price you pay for love that kind of thing i mean you didn't need to have a romance you could have a friendship yeah. like a, a buddy buddy cop it could have been a bunny cop thing it'd be fine like an emotional anchor point sure but yeah, yeah it was this wasn't there even with uh Daniel de Kim they were just kind of just quips back and forth they mm -hmm. hate each other so does daniel day kim here's a random thing does he have a british accent for real i I don't really know much about him yeah i thought he was an american actor yeah, but me too he definitely had a i mean i can't be the judge of british accents but i mean i as a dumb american i thought it was pretty good yeah but, same but i kind of felt like it was really laid on thick like the voice coach was like you have to speak in this kind of British accent. Well, it wasn't like he was <laughs> saying blimey and yeah. governor. I mean, it wasn't that, that big a deal. <laughs> um, let's talk about the powers. Uh, I think this movie definitely shows off uh, Hellboy's strength and endurance yeah. more than the old film. Because uh, if you've been impaled multiple times by giants, I'm pretty sure you'd probably go down if you were any lesser creature. Yeah, that, that scene was pretty cool. Uh he like he got he got messed up yeah. and it it made me jump out of my seat. I just didn't see it coming. This is this is my probably my favorite part of the movie. And uh I really thought he was dead. Yeah. But then it's like he wasn't and then they kept doing things to him and he just kept tanking it. The attacks on him was almost akin to your your movie, the original Robocop, where they yeah. they just kept going. But Hellboy's a beast. Like he's yeah, he's just literally a tank. A beast. Yeah. Let's go into the second big question. Uh, how does this movie hold up against Guillermo del Toro's? So first, I want to talk about just just the narrative, the the scope of the movie. First, do you want to go first? Um, my general opinion is this movie tried to put the trilogy into one movie, so in a way, they're very different projects because 
like for example characterizations were just super rushed and didn't feel felt kind of empty frankly yeah i think it's just because they were trying to do so much so quick um so i feel like to compare them is kind of unfair but then again we have to because they're both hellboy movies so yeah but yeah that's going to be the key to that difference i think are you are you sure that they tried to put the the second movie into this i feel like I mean, I didn't watch Golden Army, so I can't comment, but there oh, was really? kind of like, like these. I mean, I saw like half of it, I believe. I don't know why I missed it apart, but it was kind of like another well, race of elves and things. Like, that wasn't in this movie. Oh, that subplot wasn't, but I felt like. I would say just number one and number three, maybe. Or number one and what would have been number three. Yeah. I felt like the visit to, in uh, Golden Army, there was a visit to this, what I call the Merlin Wizard Man. Okay. Um, or the English Isle. Okay. And, uh, like, he had to, like, sacrifice something to get... I f- I'm forgetting. He was... He had the shard inside him of the spear. Mm. And, uh... So, I f- I'm forgetting. But there had to be a sacrifice in order for him to be healed by this guy. Got it. Which is kind of what happened in this movie, too. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So, I felt like the direction they went in with the uh the uh, what i call the the i the guy on the island the guy in the cave is similar and then what happened afterwards would have been the third hellboy got it okay yeah yeah can we talk about how many deals were made in this movie deals yeah it was i'll help you if you let me do this or i'll help you if you do this for me i feel like there was maybe four or five deals made in this movie and oh Two of them didn't actually pan. Like, they set up what would happen if this deal wasn't met or what would happen if this deal went through. And either due to time, the editing team just cut off, cut out the payoffs. Yeah. Or the writers just didn't care about it to return. And I thought that was just very uh, glaring holes in the movie. It was like the first, the first half hour, I think it was like, Okay, this is different, but let me see where it goes. But after, after the first act, it started to just my eyes started to kind of glaze over. They started well, just adding on so many things. To speak to that, I think the thing that was really uh, had me at the beginning was uh, the opening of this Hellboy it was very similar to the original opening of the first Hellboy, where it was like Professor Bloom's like, "Let me tell you the story of how everything happened," and they were talking about. There's Rasputin in there. There's the Nazis. There's special machine, like you know, rituals and things like that. And of course, as you saw in the trailer, Hellboy coming out through this pit, right? right. And uh, that's all there. But yeah, just parts of it don't really get played out. You don't explore the um, one of the characters who shows up in this origin story. He just pops up later, right? And uh, you're like, where was this guy? Yeah. And uh, he was the other thing was that guy was really cool, right? Um, so you're like, I wanted to see more of this guy. I thought he would be a bigger role, but not really. Just kind of just didn't get a string that didn't get tugged on. Yeah, there's a lot of things that kind of got set up but never paid off, and it was just just poor writing or poor editing. Or That's maybe they just yeah, maybe they just chose for some of other parts that had to come out brought this guy's this character out as well sure something like that 
which is stupid because what they put in the movie was very necessary. Do you even remember the name? I don't remember the name of the Nazi fighter guy. And he shows up and he does this cool thing. The actor or or, the or just the name? character's name. I do want to find out who he's name. I I wanted to research that for the show. But the the one until you do that, the one thing that I kind of missed from the original Hellboy was the uh, bad guy who was full of sand, like that though that kind of lore. That bad guy was so extremely scary. I didn't feel like there was anything like that in this one. Uh, but the Nazi hunter guy who shows up and does this crazy stuff while he murders Nazis. Yeah. And he goes, Guten Tag. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> the only wackiness that I think they got in there, which is what I liked about the first Hellboys, especially the second movie, is you know the completely campy, wacky guy comes in, murders <laughs> Nazis, and goes, Guten Tag, boys, and that kind of stuff. I agree, yeah. It was the first two Hellboys were wacky and fun but this movie was just whack <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the payoff but that's uh the tagline the to speak about the original hellboys the professor the german professor mm-hmm. who was the ether guy in the gas suit that was pretty hilarious that was a very quirky character and maybe because the second movie was so quirky that's one reason it just didn't really digest right with certain people it didn't become the massive hit it wasn't quite marvelized. Um, so the actor you're talking about is yeah. Lobster Johnson. Lobster Johnson, that's played right. Played by Thomas remember. Hayden Church. He was Sandman from Spider-Man 3. Oh, I knew I recognized, yeah. Yeah, I was, that, that square I, was looking, dude. I was looking at him. I was like, God, I know this face. Yeah. Thomas Hayden Church. I loved him in Spider-Man 3. That was one of my favorite. Well, Sandman favorite. was like one of the only characters that made that movie work. Yeah, it was really cool. Okay. But Lobster Johnson. Lobster. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but awesome. Let's go into the special effects of this movie. So there are there are nods to Guillermo del Toro's original vision. Most of the practical effects used in this movie are okay, um, but most of it is CG and most of it is not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and agree with you there. Um, the best part, like I said, is reserved for the giant battle at the end of the first act, and then. The climactic assault that you see in the trailer during the third act was. Can we mention just how gory this movie is? Yes, we have to. Yes, that's the one difference that I have to say that I I appreciated, and as great as the originals were, were, I think that the uh, originals had this intention of being funny and wacky and quirky, whereas this one was like, if we can work some of that funny, wacky, quirky in there, that's great. But we're gonna rip people's freaking faces off, literally, and, and and rip them in half. Yeah, and it's sort of it reminded me of RoboCop in that, you know, I think Verhoeven in that movie was just like, you know what, the world is brutally violent, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Even the original Hellboy, there was the guy who had the 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 spinning blade tonfas on his arms, spinning like dicing people oh. up, and they never. Sh- and I watched it like yesterday. There was never a drop of blood on on the floor, on the screen, on the on the clothes, it was oddly too clean. Yeah. Um, but this one does not shy away from the blood or the guts and brains. And that feels like that was a wasted opportunity. If that Nazi SS Sandman dude had been like let off his chain, I mean, in that, this movie. that first movie would have been, ooh, there should have been like in this movie, articulated guts spilling out. Yeah. And, like if you want demons to be scary, just, 
ripping people into shreds for no, you know, with no effort and yeah. with no hesitation. That's scary. These yes. demons were demons from hell. Absolutely. They were fucking people <laughs> up. <laughs> they, 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 I mean, it was a very Jurassic World kind of like, dang, she didn't deserve that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, literally, this this guy walked around, this giant skeleton walked around and just Spiking impaled people. people. With his like bone bone shins, like he had no feet. He was just yeah. walking on on his bones and he just, just had impaling impalers. people. He just he had like kebabs on his <laughs> on his shins. <laughs> he was just kebabbing. People. That was that was crazy. That was yeah. that was dope. That was dope. To but see. actually, in a way, it almost makes up for the bad. I think the most of the bad CGI that you notice is with small small objects. Let me get there. Uh, the biggest offender is the manifestation of Alice's powers to me. Uh, she's a clairvoyant and a spiritual medium. Uh, and spirits can speak through her. But the way that the film portrays this hmm. is she essentially vomits up ectoplasm and it forms this doo-doo color glob with the spirit's head on top. It 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 was like it was like that Green Lantern shit cloud in the in the movie. Yeah. Almost worse I think it was worse than that. It was it was awful. So was the CGI bad or was that just a bad creative choice? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> Whoever Whoever's responsible for what that for yeah. for that needs to be fired from from <laughs> Hollywood, the business. Although it was really gross, and it was the one cool thing about that creative choice, I think, is you're not going to use that power just you know like boo boo boo. You're going to use it very rarely because people generally don't like to vomit ectoplasm and have their body taken over. Yeah, it's kind of like a, um, in the New Mutants, their powers aren't really like something to be celebrated or they they use them but they also kind of hurt or yeah it's kind of like you don't want to show off just for shits and giggles yeah because she vomits it up and then after she's finished she kind of vomits like literally yeah every time and it's not nice he, he was like what's wrong with you it's like i just had a woman in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's a it's a creative logical choice for her character maybe it just wasn't just the way that looked was just it was gross. Maybe it was intentional to look gross, but it just didn't look just just this didn't look good. Yeah. At all. You didn't want to look at it actually. No. Which maybe is kind of the point. But I think that that's one thing I thought about when uh somebody was uh, a very important character from the dead was speaking to Hellboy. Yeah. And I was like, "Man, you need to cut this conversation short because Yeah, I am distracted by this. This is gross." But see, I was thinking, "Man, this is hard on the the person whose ectoplasm this is connected to. Right. So just out of courtesy's sake, wrap it up. Yeah, it is it, is, <laughs> it just looked bad. Bad. <laughs> she literally just vomited up doo doo. Yeah. Doo doo plasm. And it turns in, <laughs> and it turns into a person. Yeah. It's like having a, a doo doo clay like l- literally imagine taking a diarrhea shit clumping that together and it becomes your then, grandma well no no it's just having that glob and then cutting out a picture of your grandma's face and just <laughs> placing that on top of the doo-doo and it became, it's like, <laughs> that's how it looked <laughs> it was so it was, terrible <laughs> it was it was wrong ish no it was it was just wrong it was wrong um okay yeah so hellboy's budget talk about the effects hellboy's budget the original uh 2004 was 66 million dollars and the budget for this film hasn't been released yet, so I can't really comment on it. But but it doesn't look like they've spent more money on it. And no. there should be less because things, you know, the problem is Hellboy 2 
creatures and everything looked much better. Oh yeah, this. But how is it that they didn't look better? It 2019. It's 15 been years. years later, and the original movies look better. Yeah. Like without a doubt, the sets, the costumes, the effects, everything is easily better. Well, the thing that I mean, I have a copy of a uh, Hellboy Two Golden Army on Blu-ray, and I was floored throughout the whole thing by the special effects, the yeah. creature effects, nonstop. I mean, I was actually taken out of the movie by how good they were. Yeah. And I was just looking at them. I was like, damn, I've never seen creature effects this good. Damn, 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 damn. And then you make the only black woman in the movie vomit up doo-doo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, just just, just, car- just, just sin. Cinema sins are plenty. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's go to the final question. Uh, yeah. The final question. How does this movie stand by itself? And... I think if you've never watched the original movies or even if they had never existed, I think this movie still falls apart pretty much after the first act. It it's it's almost like the Aquaman problem. I don't I don't know what's how the, you, what's the Aquaman problem. Just kind of similar to what you talked about cramming too many things into the film. Uh there is way too many ideas and plots put into this film for anything to make sense or pay off in a meaningful way. Uh I mentioned that Andrew Cosby is mainly a TV writer, but it feels like he just crammed in a lot of scenes and information that would have been better executed in a TV series. It's yeah. like uh, J.K. Rowling writing these new Fantastic Beast movies, and yeah, she puts too much into it. Into it, when she's used to writing these long books, she can't. It's hard to like cut things out that aren't needed for the movie. In this movie, it's kind of like I think you're paid back. It's compensated for by the fact that it was just so damn gory. It's fucking gory, man. <laughs> I haven't been that pleased since watching um, Verhoeven movies or even the recent RoboCop where they have the exploded Ro- RoboCop, you know, you the body parts moving. I was like, yes, that's what I wanted the, for the new rebooted RoboCop. I think the gore... I think the gore surpasses Deadpool, but I haven't thought about gore in that way since I saw the original Deadpool movie. Deadpool was just graphic and like, you know, violent action, whereas this was like, if a demon ripped people in shreds for fun, what would it look like? Yeah, (laughs) that that was cool. And you got to see it. Yeah, honestly, by by the end of it, though, just all the gore and just, there was, we didn't really talk about the jokes too much, but I think Ron Perlman's... Just charisma just makes these jokes hit better. He that's the thing. Like Har- Harborough put out a lot of jokes, a lot of one-liners. Even with his dad had some had some zingers, but I just became numb to everything by the end of the movie. And we didn't even talk about the villain, uh, Mila Jovovich. Yeah, whatever. Bad CGI. Yeah, she. Can't I don't need to see Mila Jovovich anymore. It sucks, man. I really love the Fifth Element, but I think since then she just she just can't stay she can't stay away from being just in a green screen movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many zombie whatever residents Resident of the evils did she make? Six, maybe six or seven. <laughs> I there were at least six, I believe. I think they just made so many until they just got tired of it themselves. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. But I must say, on that point, I have to add in Ron Perlman had the charisma. That's Absolutely. what sold it a lot more. Yes. Gravitas. Yeah. Perlman has gravitas, but he's just funny. But again, I think if you never watched these films and just, just you never watched the films and you never, even if the films had never existed, I think he did fine. It's just 
the writing and maybe just even the editing and just how it was directed just didn't service him. To me, it's I don't know how you feel about Shazam either, but I wasn't a big fan of that movie. I feel like the the cast, the acting was fine, but what was written around that is what I have the problem with. Hmm. So if Harbro got better writing, better direction, a be- better editor, I think I would have received this better than I did. Probably. Well, I mean, there's the scene in the original where uh, he gets the worm inside him, mm, the, the baby right, plant right, inside right. him. He pulls it out, and he, he just delivers in a very glib way. He's just like, didn't even buy me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> that was just <laughs> hilarious. I mean, you don't get that in this movie. That's yeah. not really a joke. I mean, it's a joke. You can write it, but it's got to be delivered, or it's just not funny. Well, he said a thing where they were talking about some other secret or- organization. The or- He's like, have you ever heard of the Osiris Club? He goes, oh, yeah, the strip club in Baltimore? He's like, "Oh yeah, no, the other Osiris Club. And it was like, <laughs> I should have laughed at that. I should, Yeah, I didn't even remember that until you just said that. I should have laughed at it, but I just was like, okay, yeah, I mean, you did say a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. I yeah. did notice. I d- yes. So um, let's go back to the, the other cast. We talked about just the story and how it was portrayed. The other characters, I think, were fine. Alice and Daimyo were, were fine. I think they just deserved more screen time and obviously just better writing. Uh, most of the time was just reserved. But what, what, I mean, my thing is, what, I'm still not really clear. What is she doing? Like, what's her relationship? Are they just buddies? Does he like her? What's going no, on? No, I don't think there's a romance subplot with that at all. I think it's just he saved her, he left. And she kind of wanted to see him again. Again, things were kind of just there was kind of exposition for some things that we would have rather yeah, seen. There's a subplot there that we didn't see. Yeah, there are things that were kind of shown that we didn't need to see at all. It was this was a mess. And so we're, I'm gonna close out here. Uh, this movie overall, as we said, the pluses are David Harbour looks fine as Hellboy. I think he performs adequately as Hellboy. It's fucking gory. As hell. Boy. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. And that's really it. I don't recommend you see this movie in theater. Um, I think once it comes out on DVD or whatever, three, four months later, you can just YouTube the the gore and the giant fight. I think that's fine. But other than that, this is not worth your time or money. I mean, I liked it enough. It was good to see what they did with Hellboy, but... I. I, considering what happened by the end, they and because of what I liked in the previous Hellboy, I do want to see what happens next, because there's a character that I like that's in there that I want to see more of. Ah yes, yeah. we'll see if he you know. Eh. We'll see if I mean, it'll make a second. I doubt it. Really? I don't think this movie's <laughs> gonna gonna make any money. They didn't make a third Hellboy, so how are they gonna make a second Hellboy of the? Yeah. It currently has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie. 10? Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I doubt it's going to get... Did you notice in the credits there were a lot of Russian names? Yes, I did. And that, what there, I, I noticed some Russian accents where I didn't think there were intended to be. Yeah, the, the production... And the budget's not really meant... The budget's not available to see and i i wonder where they they shot it because it obviously must have been in some russian area maybe it was cheaper to just czechoslovakia as in sure yeah somewhere, s- like, somewhere that. like that yeah it definitely was cheaper 
cheaper cheaper budget than the original. Yeah, I feel like um, Ron Perlman's gonna be sitting back being like, "You didn't make my movie to make this, right? What? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm now unhappier, more unhappy with the movie now. After knowing that. All right. So all in all, that's a no for me. That's that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, I'd say you can skip it. Just Netflix it. Yeah. If you're a Hellboy fan, you kind of want to know what happened. Watch it on Netflix. Yeah. All right, y'all. And that's it. Uh, this concludes the latest episode of Blurred Up. If you want to find us, we are on Facebook at B L E R D U P. We're also on Twitter at B L E R D U, and we're on Instagram at B L E R D P or D U P. Uh, I want to try to get out a Matrix 20th anniversary retrospective uh, next week. So look forward to that. I'm really looking forward to putting that out. Cool. Yeah. Dodge this. Great. I love that movie. Uh, Hurt, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me, I guess, at Instagram, K-U-R-A-E-J-I, and um, the Crazy Man. All right, y'all. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.